Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You've tuned into America's Home for Conservative, Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. A pleasure to be here as always. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. And, uh, you know, there are... I I know that you know we, we've I've alluded to and talked a little bit about... Um, the, the spying situation, the spying scandal, Obama, or well, just the, the spying that was happening on on Trump, and Trump's alluded to or made statements about this being uh, bigger than Watergate, and I don't, I don't doubt that there's the potential for this to be the case. In fact, it, I mean, if you look at what Richard Nixon did. Uh, in the Watergate scandal, and you look at what is being done here, I mean, it is clear that there are definitely, what do I want to say, patterns. Um, there there are synonymous sorts of comparisons here, clearly. And I would even say worse, if these allegations are true, and again, it, it they're they're just admitting it now. They're they are admitting. I don't care what the media says, which is either a nothing or b that we've known this all along. That the Clintons, the Clinton campaign, was spying on Trump as a candidate and as pres as president. Now, like think about this. And they're telling us, well, we knew that already. We knew that already. Trump's the dangerous one. Trump's the one who's a fascist dictator. Uh, he's the one that's trying to overthrow our democracy. But folks, this is these are serious, serious things. And you know, as I think about how to talk about this with you, I you know, I I think about this in a myriad of ways. I think you know, none of this is surprising. We've seen this before. We've seen this with the Clintons before, and you can you can go back to any number of scandals with the Clintons and. They just remain above the law. This cannot and should not happen, but unfortunately it has happened. And I think it's fair to think that it will continue to happen. As I said at the end of yesterday's program, I really think the only, and I'm really not trying to be to be a downer on this. I believe in justice, um, but I believe that you know what Trump would call the deep state is so entrenched. Those that support the ideology and the methodology of, well, primarily ideology, but just everything Clinton or Obama or any leftist, these folks are entrenched in the bowels of our of our government, and we've created or we've allowed to have created in our country this enormous bureaucratic state that's run by. It's run by leftists. Again, what's D.C.? If you look at the vote totals from D.C., which, again, they want to make a state, it absolutely should never be a state. 
And if it needs to be a state, it should be returned to Maryland, the state that it was taken out of, to make the District of Columbia. This is pretty obvious to anyone who, in my estimation, looks at why D.C. was created as this district, this place for our federal government and all of that. The founders specifically did not want a state to have uh, you know, to, to be the home of our federal government. Now, they're proposing this concept that D.C. would literally be just our federal. I mean, that's just the, the capital, Capitol Hill area. Well, they want to carve out uh, and make smaller a, a place that's D.C. and then some of the areas surrounding it that has um, you know, a, a population of residents. They want that to be the state. Of, of whatever they would call it. I don't even, Columbia, I don't know. Anyhow, and but if you look at the totals of, of votes that come from D.C., just as the district, not as you know, as a state, I mean, it's remarkable. It's, it's virtually entirely Democrat, and I, dare I say, out of not just Democrat, not just Union Democrat or Teachers Democrat or someone who's a pro-choice Democrat or what have you, and I'm not minimizing brushing that issue under the rug. I'm simply saying we're talking about ideological leftists, people who believe there should be no bounds for government, that government is effectively God, that uh, any problem that we have in our society can be solved by the political class if we just allow them the opportunity to do it. On and on down the road, this is the antithesis. It's antithetical to the way that the founders created this nation to be. And that group of people in D.C. is is radically left, right? They're, they're, they're radically left, and they're the ones that, that – if you want to know the people and the thinking of people in our federal government, just look at the results. Look at And, and you can take even metropolitan D.C., which extends into Maryland to the north and, and Virginia to the south and to the west. But you look at that and you say – these are the people who are in our government. These are the people who are in the administrative state. Trump would say the deep state. And so on, on that level, it's, it is absolutely not surprising what we're dealing with. It just isn't. What's also not surprising is that there is um, a resistance to want to do anything that would hold their own accountable. I mean, it's it's been that way for eons. It will continue to be that way. And again, I'm not. Tr- I'm just trying to say here. One of the reasons I thought a lot about this today. I've, I've had some people ask me, make some comments about the you know the, the spying on on Trump and so forth. And by the way, Biden's administration hired the same firm that's alleged to have done the spying for Clinton. I mean, it, awfully convenient, right? I mean, sure, you could say, well. You know, it's it's one it's it's just a continuation. You know, they hired the same firm, but keep in mind, keep in mind that the people that were making decisions uh, that this was not coincidental. This was not something that happened that the, um, the the people who plan and run campaigns did not know about. These these folks know what's going on. It is strategic. The tactics they use, the messaging they use, it's all coordinated um, with. Pre, I mean, with previous campaigns, I mean, with anyone who's, you know, when it's time for election, election time rolls around, the left, the left coalesces, um, which is remarkable to me because it's a hodgepodge many times, the Democrat Party anyways, a hodgepodge of different 
beliefs, a different different groups, a lot of single-issue folks that they pull in. I've always marveled at this. Republicans, conservatives, we almost have a litmus test. And someone can be 98% conservative, but if they're not as conservative as we think they should be on an issue, sometimes we're prepared to – collectively, not you or – but sometimes we're prepared to burn the bridge. Oh, this person isn't conservative enough. And, and I get I – mean, we don't want to compromise value, principles and values and issues, but we also have to be practical and say pers- person A is conservative on 98% of the issues. Person B is conservative on a grand total of 0% of the issues. Which is the better option? And, and I think we have to think about this in terms of turning uh, the nation around versus the next election puts us at the final destination. That's It's a process to get there. We're not just going to snap our fingers and end up where we need to go. And this goes back to the Clintons. It's not going to just with an election change overnight because you've got the deep state. You've got a whole generation of voters that have been conditioned – Conditioned to you know believe the media, the narrative, to be led astray, to be fooled by these um, professional deceivers in the media, in the Democrat Party, the radicals. I'm talking about the radical left, not the rank-and-file Democrats. You know that by now. And so I look at the I look at that issue, and it's it's uh, you know it's it's aggravating to me. Um, and I don't want to rain on the parade here, but I've do I think that there's going to be legal consequences that come from this from from anyone who's um, well at least the the big names in the Democrat Party? I I don't I don't think that, and I don't want to tell you not to think that or to give up hope. I don't mean it like that at all. I just think we have to set realistic expectations here, and I think the realistic expectations are to just just to to see where we are to to. Except the good that has come from some of these it's some of these things. Some of these things have opened the eyes of people. In fact, there's a lot of Democrats. I don't know if I've got that story pulled up in front of me. Let me see if I get it in my stack of stuff here. But there's a lot of Democrats who are wanting to have I'm seeing if I here it is. Democrats want to see Hillary investigated. This is from the New York Post a couple of days ago. Looks like it was dated on the 13th. Most Democrats headline here in New York Post, February 15th. Um, so I guess, guess that was yes. Well, wait a minute. No, no, no. February, February 13th. I don't know what I'm – there you go. February 13th, so a couple of days ago. Most Democrats want Hillary Clinton investigated for any role in Russiagate scandal. That That's positive news to me. <laughs> so when I think about turning the trajectory of this – of the course that we're on, getting Democrats to think it's a good thing to investigate some of these, to me, glaringly, to you, glaringly uh, obvious problems with Hillary, the Democrat Party, um, what's being termed here, Russiagate and all this stuff, spying, Durham, um, you know, Trump campaign, Trump administration, hiring this, uh, what is it? Technometrica Institute of Policy and Politics. Is that? No, that, that's that's the survey company here that conducted that survey. But the tech firm that um, was hired by, by the Clinton administration that was then hired by the Biden administration. To, to me, it's it's gonna take time to get to get folks to, to begin to accept some of these things. So that's the good news here. So I, I say all this to say why are we 
I've spent a lot of time talking about the uh, Freedom Convoy in in Canada, in Ottawa. I've spent a lot of time talking about Justin Trudeau. If you go back in the history of this program, we don't talk a lot about, about Canada. I actually think, I actually think that Canada, what's happening in Canada, what's happening with these truckers, I think there is more possibility that exists in that situation of actually changing the trajectory. I, I think I think these truckers have really put Trudeau, who, by the way, is a totalitarian authoritarian. I know that people like Bill Maher think the guy's cool and all this stuff, but the guy's a totalitarian. In fact, I'm going to play you a clip from a Q&A session that Trudeau had a couple, I think it was a couple, several years ago, a couple years ago. And he was asked which government, which country, or, I think it's either country or government, it's synonymous to a politician, does he most admire. I want to play this. I want you to listen to what he says. And it's, it's, it's crazy to me. But then again, we elect presidents that put Christmas tree ornaments in um, on their Christmas tree in the White House of communist dictator Mao Zedong. I'm looking here right now, a story from um, what Fox News from 2009. Mao Zedong is in the White House um, when, you know, his, his ornaments on the Christmas tree. <laughs> I just, the guy literally, it's not, it's not funny. It's, it is breathtakingly unbelievable to think that we have a, a had a president who honored a guy that literally killed millions of his own citizens. That's what Mao did. I I think it's Mao even puts people like Stalin to shame. I think it's up around. Well, I'll check during the break, but I, I have a number in my head. That's a factor of what Stalin killed Well, Stalin killed a lot. Stalin killed multiple time, multiple times more than Hitler killed. Hitler killed a lot. But there's a Christmas tree, Christmas tree ornament of Mao. Can you imagine if, if, I mean, I I can even see if there's one person that shows up with a Nazi flag at the trucker convoy, the whole thing is deemed to be fascist and dangerous. But and and Nazism is terror. I I completely think that's ridiculous. The person doing that is either is either someone who's a plant trying to make the truckers look bad or he's somebody or she's somebody who's greatly disturbed, right? This is is insane, evil, wicked, terrible. But folks, Nazism and communism, it's, it's not like one is worse than the other one. Both are straight from the pits of hell. Both killed millions of people. In the 20th century, communism killed more people. That's not, not at all to say fascism was good. I'm not at all implying that. Do not misunderstand one word that I'm saying here. I know how this is sometimes done by leftists who just want to misrepresent things, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if there's a one person that shows up with the Nazi flag at the truckers' freedom convoy, the whole thing's deemed fascist and Nazi and racist. But yet we have the president of the United States in 2009 hanging a Christmas tree of Mao Zedong, communist leader in China, killing millions and millions of his own people. That's not that's just almost an afterthought. The reason I bring this up is to say is to say that 
I'm going to pick on Trudeau here, and it's completely justifiable, some of the things he says. And we ask ourselves, how does, how does a country elect a person that says and does some of the things that Trudeau says and does? And, of course, he didn't win his popular vote. He's not a very popular leader, and it's understandably, uh, understandable why. But the guy is in charge. He's, he's currently the leader, and he is acting like a complete authoritarian, and dare I say because he is one. But at the same time, I think you know there were signs that Trudeau was an authoritarian before today, before the trucker convoy, that were not caught by the Canadians or apparently were brushed under the rug or weren't made a big enough deal about or what have you. But the same thing happened here. A sympathetic White House putting a Christmas tree ornament on a tree that has a communist, murderous dictator thug on it. I'm, the signs are there. <laughs> I don't know what to say sometimes. What type of person does that? Well, he had a cool, Obama had a cool jump shot, so I guess it's excused. Or he spoke so eloquently. Wow, that's what people like Bill Maher say. And I say to me, when I look at the Hillary and the Clinton, Russia gate, it's a big story. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I think, I think the likelihood that there's going to be more frustration coming from that because that's in the hands of government, right? That's in the hands of of prosecutors, of, of Durham to some extent, and then what happens with these uh, recommendations and indictments and so forth, and then you've got judges and rulings, and you know we think about some of the cases and the things that have happened um, as far as holding our politicians accountable. It's, it's frustrating, to say the least. But when I look at the Canadian truckers and I look at the Freedom Convoy, I think that's out, they, that is busted outside of the realm of government. Right, this this is now a movement, a mass movement of people that have said enough. the the uh, The enemy has been identified here. The totalitarian government in Canada, and also, my friends, we have the same authoritarians, the same mindset here as well. The enemy, the the folks who stand on the opposite side of freedom, have been identified. And I don't mean this as some when I say enemy, I mean political enemy. If you if you are standing against liberty you are an enemy of the people just like if someone in the media as trump has said in the past is not on the side of reporting information and sharing truth they are an enemy of the people they stand in the way of keeping the people free they stand in the way of protecting our republic because it 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 interferes with our ability to get information and to make decisions and to know who to vote for and to communicate with people who believe something totally different Likewise, likewise, if they are, um, you know, well, it, it, the, the trucker convoy, I got to take a break. The trucker convoy is outside the realm of the government. Yes, Trudeau is still making decisions and be acting like an authoritarian, but there's a, there's a battle. There's, there are people who are standing in opposition. They are coalescing around one another. Their stories are getting out. Twitter's even still being used as a platform. TikTok's being used as a platform where people can see and hear what's going on there. Versus the Durham report with Hillary Clinton, with Russiagate, whatever else, is dragging through the political muck and mire. God only knows when this thing's ever... I remember we were being told that you know the, the report was going to be released any day now, back years ago now. I think it was a couple years. I think it was when Trump was still in office. And still, we, we don't have anything. And then you wonder, are we begin, being told the whole truth? Are they thinking about how to 
you know, present something? What are they going to redact? I compare that with what's happening to the truckers. It's it's right there. They've got the they've got I don't want to say the bully pulpit, but they've got the limelight. They've got they've got the attention of Canada, of the United States, and and candidly of of a lot of the world. And it's a battle that political battle crosses all borders. Authoritarian leaders forcing people within their countries to do things that they don't want to do. That communic- that connects us with all sorts of people all around the world because that's what's happened. For some people, for a long time, regarding a lot of issues. For other people, it's what's happened almost universally as it pertains to COVID-19 and government policies, draconian measures, and so forth that have been taken. So, quick time out, my friends. Super long in this segment. Going to be Super short next segment to get us back on track. Sit tight. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, folks. As I said last segment, this is going to be super super short to make up for the super long first segment. I do not want to be misunderstood here. We should care about Trump being spied on both as a candidate and as president of the United States. This is a big, big, big story. We should insist that justice be the objective. That is obviously true, and that's what we should seek here. We should demand that politicians and so forth try to hold this, uh, bring forth accountability as it pertains to some of these unbelievably terrible things that have been alleged to have happened and there's evidence that uh, may have happened. Literally, Trump being spied on. Trump was not wrong, it appears, when he said that he was, his phones were, his phones were tapped or whatever. He got mocked at the time. We talked about this yesterday or the day before. But um, that's an old-fashioned way of saying I'm being spied on. And it turns out that that he was. My only point in comparing and contrasting these and saying that I I really believe that there's more what I want to say that there, there's more opportunity for something to happen first, first because something can happen with both. But nothing's going to happen to the Clintons or to Democrats or whatever in power because of the bureaucratic state, the legal games that they play and all this stuff. Unless we get the authoritarians, that ruling class of people out of there. And so my only point is that this is really what these the, the deep state, the political class are experts in. They're experts in avoiding justice. And while there is evidence that people like the Clintons, other radical leftists, other people in the ruling class have constantly been up to nefarious acts – there's also evidence that the bureaucrats, the bureaucratic state, the deep state, the system, whatever, is is likely being set up to be played again. We're being set up to be played again. And that's my opinion. That's why – it's another reason why – not the main reason, but it's another reason why what's happening in Ottawa is important. Because if that movement that is apparently seeming to unite people of different political parties – different countries, different religions, different fill-in-the-blank. If that is what's happening, as it has the potential to do and appears to be doing to some degree, that is the wave that we should use 
to hold these authoritarian political class, ruling class people um, to hold them accountable. And it is with that accountability that can come from that movement that we can really begin, hopefully, it's, it's a massive problem. To, when you think about dismantling this bureaucratic, if you dare call it deep state, whatever, this whatever you call it, it's this, it's this massive bureaucratic state that is designed to protect the people inside of it unless they hold ideology or worldviews, ideologies, belief that are different from um, what the main group, the main part, the heart of the ruling class believe, which is they deserve more power, more authority, more ability to micromanage every aspect. They need more money. You need less freedom so that you will comply with what they tell you. If you don't have that ideology, you're not in that part of the ruling class. So, They'll come after you. They're not going to protect you. You're actually one that they attacked. You're you're a threat. You got they've got, you know that, that that's someone that's too close to the position of power that's potentially going to, you know, argue that the 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 deep state or the bureaucratic state or what have you needs to be dismantled or seriously dwindled down to size, which is what needs to be what needs to happen. And so I think when you're thinking about when I'm thinking about these two issues, I think. It's certainly important, but if you have if you have corrupt people in D.C., if you have corrupt judges, if you have corrupt politicians and all this, how are we ever going to expect to hold anybody to account? So what needs to happen first is that people need to say enough, and people that are, you know, making these rules and dictates and decrees like Justin Trudeau, like like Gavin Newsom, like. Eric Aquaman Garcetti, whatever. This holding his breath and pictures, breathing through his skin, I don't even know. But this that's what has to happen first. People have to say enough. We have to get the, these people out. They are dangerous. They are a menace to liberty and our society. And it's time to replace them. Then, then we have an opportunity to get people in there that might be willing. And I say might because heaven only knows but might be more willing to consider implementing policies that return this government back to the size and scope that it should be back in that direction. And, and by virtue of doing that, cleaning house along the way so that folks that are standing in the way, being corrupt and you know protecting their own and so forth, are actually held accountable, exposed, relieved of their duties, you know, fired, whatever that looks like. And replaced by people that actually follow the rule of law, no matter uh, who is being charged or alleged to have committed a violation of law. So that's how I look at this. But I want to play. I got I got a soundbite I want to play from Justin Trudeau. I um, I alluded to it in the first segment. We'll do that when we get back, my friends. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> Welcome back, my friends. So let's listen. I've alluded to this soundbite a couple of times. Justin Trudeau. Uh, this is Justin Trudeau. I don't know if this is like some some town hall thing. He's being asked questions. It looks like maybe by, oh, some, I don't know, voters. I don't, I don't really know. It, it kind of looks like a town hall setup here. But what's important is what he, is what he said here. Th- this is... Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to say unbelievable because the truth is 
we've known, for those of us who have paid attention, we know who Justin Trudeau is, just like we knew who Barack Obama was, just like we know who Hillary Clinton is, just like we know who Joseph R. Biden is, Kamala Harris is. We know these things. They've revealed themselves to us if we just take the time to pay attention. But listen to this question and listen to this response. It is, again, on the one hand, astonishing that he can say this with such with such just openness about it. But then again, as I mentioned earlier, it's we had a president who had a Christmas ornament on his tree of Mao, Mao Zedong, communist, murderous, dictator, thug. Here's Justin Trudeau. I want you to listen to this exchange. Even with Sun TV watching for any slip, he was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. Listen I mean, to there this. is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, but I find it interesting. <laughs> the applause. <laughs> oh, yes. I find it quite interesting. I admire their dictatorship. Literally, they can turn their economy around on a dime. <laughs> it... it it is beyond idiotic and moronic. People who say these things, literally in the free world, I, I don't mean that they shouldn't. Uh, you know, like my my radical leftist friends who would say, um, you know, they shouldn't be allowed to say these ideas and cancel them. There's no way in the world that this should win votes from anybody who understands what liberty is, who understands what communism is, who understands what free markets are, who understands that communism is it, – it's never about equality. But where there is equality, it's equality in suffering. It's not equality in prosperity. And the prosperity that does exist exists solely amongst the ruling class by the politicians, by the group that Justin Trudeau would be in as he is now in – in Canada, the ruling class making decrees and dictates and you know seizing funds, seizing bank accounts, saying that this uh, – what is it? The Emergencies Act or whatever, which had never been used before, even in prior terrorist attacks and so forth. No, no, no. What's more dangerous to Justin Trudeau is a bunch of truckers honking their horns in Ottawa, having bounce house uh, street parties. Standing and singing the Canadian National Anthem. I've seen some videos. I've got some things that I retweeted on our Twitter page if you want to see. Because uh, this stuff isn't really covered by a lot of media. Fox has been covering it. In fact, there's a, a clip from Fox. I don't know that I'll – I don't think I'll play it just from for the time that we have. But um, you know, that's something else that uh, you can just you can just see. See for yourself. See for yourself some of the things that are happening in Ottawa. And ask yourself, does this – does this look like a national emergency? Or does this look like something that would be done by a petty dictator and authoritarian? I think it's clear. And it's been clear for some time because these comments were made a couple of years ago. He really admired the Chinese government and the basic dictatorship that they had and how they could turn their economy around on a dime, which of course is complete folly, silliness, nonsensical gibberish. But it's what someone in today's political ruling class, seeks to 
seeks to have for himself or herself, that sort of power, that sort of authority. And it doesn't belong anywhere. It doesn't belong a million metaphorical miles from a free country. And this is the prime minister of the nation of Canada right now. Yikes, my friend. Sit tight. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. By the way, Oz reminded me during the break to share some numbers. Stalin, uh, I referenced this earlier in the program too, Stalin killed an estimated, what is it, 20, 25 million, something like that, of his own. Listen, I'm just reporting fact. When you stop 20-some million of his own people, 25, 26, some million of his own people, mind-boggling numbers. But Mao is estimated to have killed between 40 and 80. I've seen most estimates seem to settle around 60 from what I've seen in the past. And that's what I was thinking when I was saying it, but I didn't want to say it without uh, first looking it up because I, you know, I hadn't prepared to discuss that. But anyway, that, I referenced that earlier, so I wanted to make sure that we came back to that. And Oz, thank you for, for reminding me um, to do that. So, um, there are other things. I'm, I'm, there, there's several other things. I, I think I want to talk. I want to talk here a little bit about GoFundMe versus Give Send Go. Give Send Go has had hackers. Give Send Go has been um, targeted by what the Canadian government for having the audacity to provide a platform for people to give money to truckers who are honking their horns. My goodness, the audacity of the truckers. I just, it is amazing to me. By the way, this is, this is, when you look at the things that we were supposed to put up with from these riots a few summers ago, uh, back in 2020, after the George uh, Floyd um well murdered now because that's that's the, the the charges and he was uh the conviction so you you can you know the murder of of George Floyd a couple of years ago um and we saw the black lives matter rallies i just i i find it interesting to think if it never even occurred to me to say man they should be stopped because they're being too loud. This really, this really might keep people up at night. Um, I was focused on things like I don't know, f- destroying physical property, burning down businesses, taking things from said businesses, looting, rioting, dancing on police cars, jumping on windshields, flipping over police cars, setting fires in the streets, uh, throwing rocks and other projectiles. Some of the shooting. And, and violence that happened um, in, I guess, uh, as part of or inspired by the riots. It just, you know, that, that whole picture of chaos and just pandemonium, lawlessness didn't even occur to me. I mean, you have to wonder when you get to the point to where you say these folks are a literally worthy of invoking the Emergencies Act in, in Canada, 
These folks are so, it is so dangerous. Those horns are so loud. The Canadian national anthem that's being sung in the streets of Ottawa might keep people up at night. It's, it's, it's hate speech. It's like there's a bunch of Kaepernicks over there that are afraid to hear their own national anthem. Probably, maybe these folks who sing the anthem don't kneel for the Canadian flag. I mean, these are all things that, um, to, in my mind, are in the same in the same boat of of complaining about about honking. Now, I understand, I understand that there are um, ordinances and so forth on uh, noise and that sort of thing, and that's that's a reasonable thing in society. But to to, to invoke to invoke a, an emergencies act does that seem proportionate? But see, Trudeau said in his remarks that he's going to be very proportionate in using this. And people say, ah, yes, some people anyway. That makes sense. He said he's going to be proportionate, so I guess he will be. But does it sound proportionate? Does that sound reasonable to anyone listening to my voice? Does that sound reasonable? I mean, best case scenario, these folks should be fined for breaking a noise ordinance. At, at best, from the position of the rat. At best. I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying at best. But to be deemed effectively, I mean, a form of a terrorist? To not be able to access money because you're a threat to your government? Folks, this is weaponizing weaponizing laws, which we can make the case, and, and some folks would make the case, that these laws um, had this potential when they were written. And a lot of people, a lot of civil libertarian types, libertarian types, make these arguments. And these arguments need to be listened to and considered because this is what happens when placed in the hands of authoritarians, totalitarians, and it makes it begs the question, are they are these the sorts of things that we want to be implementing in free societies because of how they can be abused and the power that someone can wield over another person simply by making some form of a declaration, just like they did with COVID, just like they might one day do, I would say, probably will one day do with Climate change as well. Quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, folks. I mentioned Go, Give, Send, Go in comparison to GoFundMe. I don't know if, if any of you listening um, to my voice do crowdfunding or whatever they call that, crowdsourcing, crowdfunding. Um and you're and you're looking to launch a campaign. I mean, you know, I I applaud Give Send Go. Um, I think it's something that's worth looking into versus using GoFundMe, the radical leftists there that are part of the problem in my estimation. And I wanted to to share that with you. Um, today I wanted to share that with you today. The other thing is, and I just have a few moments here, but there's a, a someone in. There, uh, a mayoral candidate in the state, well, the city of Louisville, Kentucky, was shot at yesterday. Shot at, I guess it would have been two days ago. Yesterday, um, a young man was charged with um, the crime, the shooting, or, you know, has he's been charged. His name is Quintez Brown, and he's a proponent of, of gun control. He's been on. MSNBC with Joy Reid, who's actually been trending on Twitter again for saying the NFL is trying to sanitize blackness. I don't even want to read the comments or whatever she's saying there. 
I've just got to go. Can't take any more today, folks. Have a great day. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.